Your On The Mark podcast is loading now. The On The Mark podcast is sponsored by the Sunbury Motor Company, family-owned dealership since 1915, 4th Street in Sunbury, and Sunbury Motors Kia on Routes 11 and 15 Hummel's Wharf. News Radio 1070 WKOK presents On the Mark. It's a chance to voice your opinion on the events that affect life in the Susquehanna Valley. Call 1 800 795 9565 or email on the mark at WKOK.com. Now, here are your hosts for On the Mark, Mark Lawrence and Ben Reichley. Greetings. Welcome on board. WKOK's live telephone talk show, On the Mark. I'm Mark Lawrence. Mr. Ben Reichley is directly across from me, fine local business person. He's the owner of a fine local business around uh, here with, what, 200 some of your 230 friends? 230 other Aesopians. 130? No, oh, 230. 230, okay. Aesopians. Aesop. Mm-hmm. And that's not a fable. That's a real yeah. situation. Well, to our waiter here. Kevin, chicken soup for the co-host, chicken soup. <laughs> we we got to nurse you through this, Mark. We, okay, we we'll can get, get through it. Deep breaths. Just, rest. just a, a spring <laughs> cold. I am not so. breathing in here while uh, you're uh, fighting your yeah, spring Yeah, do cold. not inhale at all yes. whatsoever. Yeah. Well, yeah, we, we have asked for and received an opportunity to talk to Jeff McCausland. Uh, his important, most important title is retired U.S. Army colonel, but uh, he's an educator, consultant, and a CBS uh, News military consultant, and he's uh, back on the line to talk about Ukraine. Good morning, sir. Thanks for calling in. Guys, it's great to be with you. I really do appreciate all the times that you help us. Well, you were first to identify about three weeks ago that Russia's invasion was going exceedingly slowly and not as planned. So tell us what's your view on this now. They certainly have made some progress and done a lot of damage. But uh, from a military standpoint, uh, how bad is their effort so far? Well, our efforts have been pretty bad, I think. We have the much vaunted Russian military that prior to the invasion we thought would roll over the Ukrainians in a matter of a couple of days is now bogged down after about four weeks. And expecting the springtime and the spring thaw, which will make heavy armored activities off the road networks in the Ukraine even more and more difficult. They have uh, positioned forces around Kiev, the capital, to a degree, though they have not completely closed off access to the city, as well as Kharkiv second largest city in the northeast. In the south, their success has been a bit greater, and they've nearly secured a land bridge between Russia proper and Crimea, which they occupied back in 2014. That being said, the city of Mariupol, remarkably, has held out under an intense bombardment, and the population has gone from about a half a million in Mariupol to about 100,000 civilians that are still in that city as the Russians batter it with artillery, rockets, missiles, and uh, close air support. And, of course, then this has also set off across the country an unbelievable refugee crisis, the largest flow of refugees, frankly, we've seen in terms of the pace of the refugees uh, in recorded history. There are now 3.5 million refugees uh, in Eastern European countries, about 2 million are in Poland, and there are estimates about 6.5 million refugees or displaced people are inside the Ukraine. So we can imagine that flow is going to increase even more. What's really pretty grim about all this as well in terms of refugees is probably 80 to 90 percent of the refugees we've seen arriving in Poland, Slovakia, Romania, Bulgaria are elderly people, kids, and women, because the men, of course, have stayed to fight in Ukraine. 
And what will happen? I think of Vladimir Putin personally. I think he's insane. So, you know, anything can happen. Are you starting to get a sense of whether he'll ever recognize that, you know, this cost is just too great? Or is that not something he can do to concede that, uh, uh, you know, maybe it, it, it just will not come to pass the way he wanted? Yeah, I mean, he's taken an enormous gamble here in many ways. He's put all, pushed all his personal poker chips to the center of the table. And as I like to say, there's there's no retirement home for old dictators. Um, so it's, I think it'll be very, very difficult for him to back down. But backing down is obviously one thing that could happen. Uh, he could, to declare victory, just occupy the territory that he's in right now and uh, declare a ceasefire. We won't shoot at you. You don't shoot at us. And insist we should start negotiating, which would put him in a fairly good position for negotiation. Or, and this is a fear that was voiced during the NATO summit just yesterday, that he could double down. He could start using chemical weapons, biological weapons, or even perhaps tactical nuclear weapons in an effort to break out, get this particular offensive of his on back, on track, and defeat the Ukrainians once and for all. Jeff, I've been traveling around the country and uh, have a chance to talk to. What's interesting is when you talk to Russians, you know, a lot of these people are Ukrainians, Russians. They're from very much of the stands, uh, you know, the countries that have separated from the old Soviet Union. So it, it was sort of interesting really to hear their um, their point. But one thing it seemed to take from this is Putin underestimated Zelensky the 30 years of freedom the Ukrainian people would fight for and tactical army plans that the Ukrainians put into place after the Russians started to invade. He seemed to very much underestimate what the uh, Ukrainian people and army were all about, particularly with their leader Zelensky. Yeah, without a doubt. I mean, he made two, I think, unbelievably false assumptions. One was that this victory would occur in a couple of days, just as it had 2014. And he even said, or there are reports that troops were told 30 to 40 percent of the Ukrainian army will quickly defect and join us because they're all Russians and they want to be Russians anyway. <clears throat> all that has proven to be totally untrue, obviously, in terms of resistance that the Ukrainians have shown. The second great assumption he made, which was false, was that NATO would would show its weakness, NATO would not be able to come up with a cohesive response. And frankly, I have found the response of NATO almost equally remarkable to that of the Ukrainians in terms of the unity of purpose, uh, NATO countries providing military assistance to Ukraine. The United States now has provided about $2 billion in aid over the last couple of years to Ukraine, $800 million in the last week or so. And that was shown yesterday in the summit, I think, in Brussels. Obviously, that uh, moral... Uh, uh, that uh, unity of purpose uh, is going to be tested even more as this goes on. But because of the nature of this war where it's clear that a country that did not threaten Russia was invaded and in an effort to try to destroy democracy and take over that country, that the moral clarity is so clear that it has brought not only people here in the United States, I think, together in opposition to this war, but also people around the world together in opposition to this horrible, aggressive effort on the part of the Russians. Well, in Putin's underestimation, I also have some notes here. Over, he overrated, o overrated his army, overrated his plan. Uh, I guess uh, uh, somewhat overrated uh, the effect of sanctions in, in some regards, and uh, he thought the world wouldn't care, almost like Crimea. So, 
are they are they and I understand this and, and I, I believe they are living in their own world up there but you have secretaries of defense on the Russian side missing you have generals that have been killed you have an army what I understand from some people who have been in Ukraine directly talking to people in Ukraine that you have R- Russian soldiers now being fed by Ukrainians and they won't kill them. I mean, you know, the the, the Russian soldiers want food because they don't uh, have anything, and the Ukrainian people are either hollering them to leave and giving them bread to leave, and they're leaving. And then the ultimate video, which I hope is a true video, but it's all over, is the tank pulling into the gas station, starting to fill up with gas, and the soldiers going in and getting food off the shelves. Yeah, this is very true. I mean, I think the assumption to begin with that the war will be over quickly therefore gave them a mindset that the logistical train they'd need to sustain that offensive would be relatively small. And they created a logistical tail for that force that reflected that assumption. Obviously, you're 30 days in the war, that logistical tail is completely and utterly in, inadequate. And on top of that, don't forget, there are estimates now on the low side, seven to 8,000 Russians killed in action. On the high side, I've seen 15,000. The Russians themselves on one website ascribed to the Ministry of Defense saying about 10,000 killed in action, if they've lost 10,000 killed in action, that means for every soldier who was killed, there are at least two to three who were wounded. Well, that's 20 to 30,000 wounded, okay? So a total casualty figure of about 30 to 40,000. That's an unbelievable number over 30 days. Obviously puts enormous pressure on their logistical system, which was already inadequate, and demonstrates how poorly prepared they were for this particular uh, piece of combat. At the moment, NATO looks as though they are fully unified and are doing what they can to support Ukraine. How does uh, globally, how does President Biden look here? We know he's suffering with low ratings in the U.S., but globally, has this G20 and some of these other actions improved uh, folks' view of him globally? I think so. I mean, it'll take some time, but I think so. And I think Mr. Biden, frankly, uh, opinion rating here in the United States over this issue. There are other issues people would disagree with, I think, should improve because he has been able to keep the alliance together. And when these things occur, I worked in the White House during the coastal crisis back in the late 90s. The nations around the world, particularly in NATO, looked to the United States for leadership. And I think the Biden administration has done a pretty good job in demonstrating that and also keeping the alliance on track. And trust me, that doesn't just happen. That doesn't just happen. That requires an awful lot of work behind the scenes, working with individual allies about particular concerns they have. I think one of the clear demonstrations to me was even at the onset of this crisis, a vote was taken in the U.N. Security Council. 141 countries voted to condemn Russia, which was pushed by the United States, of course. Only five countries voted against that, re- that resolution, which would be the ones you might say were supporting the Russians. Well, who were those five? Well, that was Russia, Belarus, Eritrea, Syria and North Korea. So for Vladimir Putin, if those are the five countries I could really depend on, I got a problem. Go ahead. Jeff, one thing about NATO, and talk to some folks in, in Washington too, though, and, and you know, I, I get concerned when this comes out. Uh, NATO's unified, or this group's unified, or we're all unified, because then it means something that, hold it, you weren't quite unified before, but what I understand with NATO is it took the old Soviet group that are now parts of NATO, the Baltic states, and Poland, Slovakia, to push the other 
groups. The U.S., the U.K., France, and Germany is the wild card here. And I don't think the Germans know what they want to do because of their energy concerns. And remember, they're still NATO nations are still taking Russian energy. So wasn't it the old Soviet satellite nations that are now part of NATO that really push NATO and say, no, no, this is a tyrant. This is what we lived under. The Ukrainians were a sovereign nation, 30 years of independence. Now, they weren't, I mean, they, they were still pretty uh, corrupt within their government. But on the other hand, uh, I, I understand, you know, how unified NATO really is, is it was going to be interesting to see how we go forward. No, I think you're exactly right. I think Poland has been a key actor, and of course, the Poles now have accepted two million refugees. So enormous pressure is being put on Poles. One of the loudest spokesperson, of course, have been the three Baltic republics: Estonia, mm-hmm. Latvia, and Lithuania, which were part of the, of the Soviet Union. Uh, but NATO has really found, you know, I think it's its strategic purpose once again. And some said for the years after the Cold War, it wandered somewhat aimlessly. Don't forget, I mean, for four years, to be honest, Mr. Trump was very critical of NATO, was very critical of every leader in NATO, and frankly, the only European leader, Mr. Trump, I never saw him criticized once, was Vladimir Putin. And he always talked about how well he and Putin got along. So the Europeans saw that for four years. And at the onset of the Biden administration, I mean, the chaos and the evacuation of Afghanistan, which was a NATO mission, certainly challenge the credibility of the United States. So this particular conflict and the voices that you mentioned from Eastern Europe have brought NATO back together in a historical sense in terms of its unity. But that will continue to be tested. The Germans will be key. There's no two ways about it. The whole issue of energy is a key one. I've seen today discussions that the United States is going to sign an agreement with the European Union on the transfer of liquefied national gas. I saw the Germans have also met with Qatar to expand imports of liquefied natural gas from Qatar. But those things will take time, obviously, to bring those things online. And last but not least, you know, somebody said the other day, which I thought was very insightful, that Mr. Putin has done in a matter of days, what he has accomplished is he has ended Swedish neutrality and German pacifism, which have been going on for decades. Well, you're, you're right there. And the other part, though, I will say this with the Trump administration. Remember, the NATO Secretary General was applauding the Trump administration for calling out the NATO countries that yeah. weren't paying, quote-unquote, their insurance policy. And now NATO has more money. And I, I, But very interesting what you just said, though, is now you've got Sweden and Finland, you know, l- looking around going, you know, th- this Russian stuff is not going to work here, folks. I mean, this isn't the 1900s. It is the 21st century here. And, uh, you know, very, very interesting, the geopolitical side that's going to come out. But it'd be interesting to get your opinion on one con- two countries but one that's really laying low and the other one that i think is a really a, a kingpin the, the one laying low seems to be india cuz they've had their skirmishes right. with china but i believe right. the kingpin or linchpin on this whole thing nato member but a very confusing seems like nato member is turkey right right no both those countries are very interesting the indians i spent a lot of time with the indians Frankly, some other things I'm involved with. India has always had this sort of bifurcated view of the world. On the one hand, it touts itself as the world's largest democracy by population, which obviously it is, though democracy now for only about 80 years or so. On the other hand, it's always touted its position as the head of the so-called non-aligned movement. And that really takes us back 
to the Cold War, where they created this sort of non-aligned movement as they tried to find some place to operate between the East and the West during the very clear division of the planet during the Cold War. Now, obviously, that seems to be running out of gas, but that's, a, that's part and parcel of, of Indian uh, foreign policy. And over the years, they've tried to work both sides of the fence. They bought, bought an awful lot of military hardware uh, from the Russians. They were in the process, I think, of purchasing the Russian S-400 uh, high-altitude air defense system as this crisis broke out. But they have been a bit of a disappointment. Indians would tell you, well, you know, but we want to be not aligned, number one, and a lot of this has to do with the fact that the Indians always say, you, you know, the world did not rush to our assistance when China occupied pieces of Indian ground in the Himalayas, or the world has condemned us over Kashmir. So they always take this, I think, back to, what have you done for me lately, <clears throat> as well as this whole thing of being a non-aligned. And last but not least, the Indians, uh, I think, uh, calculate what they do against the Chinese, because obviously uh, one of the biggest confrontations, and I think you mentioned it, is them with the Chinese. As far as the Turks go, the Turks have also tried to, I think, play both sides of the street, uh, though they are, in fact, a NATO member. And the Turks have tried to offer their good offices for some kind of a negotiated settlement. The two foreign ministers from Ukraine and Russia did meet in Turkey, though it didn't come to much. Uh, and there has been some talk that the Biden administration may actually now be trying to convince the Turks to transfer the S-400 high-altitude missiles they purchased from Russia to Ukraine quietly, and in return, the United States would, would end the blockade which we've imposed on the Turks being able to buy the F-35 from the United States. Well, well Jeff, uh, one quick question. It, it's hard to, I, I find it hard to, to squ- circle the square of a nuclear power or a, a democracy like India that has all the technology, but then in many of their cities, they have open sewers. Right. It, it's just baffling at times. No, it, it is. It's, India is an amazing place. If you haven't traveled there, I, I highly recommend it. But on the one hand, it does count all this technology. On the one hand, um, it looks like the nation of the future. You know, as one person said to me one time, you know, the next great superpower will be India, and that will always be the case. It will always be the next one. They'll never, ever get there, you know. <laughs> all right. well, because they have an awful lot of problems internally. And then one of the other problems is a real concern, I think, in many people's eyes, that though they tout this nature of being the world's largest democracy, with the Modi administration, there's been a very strong streak of uh, autocracy in how Modi has operated. An awful lot of emphasis on the Hindu religion, making India into a Hindu state, and a lot of emphasis on that in policies and pronouncements. But at the same time, India still remains, most people don't know this, India remains still one of the largest Muslim countries on the planet. And there are something like 200 million Muslims living in India. And that kind of a pronouncement by the government obviously then causes enormous fissures domestically in the in the community and in the population. Yeah, and then throw Pakistan in that mix, and it's very right. confusing have to stop geography area. <laughs> Thank you so much, Jeff. Thanks for all your analysis. Always very much appreciated. I know we're going to see you in the months ahead, so hmm. we're grateful for that. Thank you, sir.
Thanks, guys. Yeah, thanks, Jeff. Enjoyed it. Uh, Jeff McCausland, CBS News uh, uh, military analyst, but obviously very informed on uh, global geopolitics. Uh, he retired U.S. Army colonel, uh, dean of academics at the U.S. Army War College as well. We see him teaching classes at Dickinson and Gettysburg College as well. Mm. Diamond Six Leadership and Strategy is his consulting firm. So maybe you could use that to help you with uh, help you make your picks for the NCAA. Ben. <laughs> to be continued. All right. 1-800-795-9565 will be our telephone number. You'll need that during the 9 a.m. hour. We'll have open phones. Mm. You're listening to News Radio 1070 WKOK Sunbury. Our sponsor is the Sunbury Motor Company. Do as I've done. Check them out at sunburymotors.com. There's something to be said about a sale with a handshake, a service technician who really knows what he's doing. They can explain it in English what the problem is. There's nothing better than having that friend you could trust in the area. That's Sunbury Motors, where you get selection, knowledgeable salespeople, and prices that fit your budget, and more important, that friend you can trust. Welcome to Sunbury Motors, Kia, Ford, and Hyundai. You could chop other dealers and compare prices, but at Sunbury Motors, you get their lowest price promise. They research the current used vehicle market and guarantee their used car prices are the lowest. If you find a lower price, Sunbury Motors will beat it. Three dealers, all in one. See their full new and pre-owned inventory at sunburymotors.com. Pick out a vehicle you like and schedule your test drive online. Follow them on Facebook. Sunbury Motors Ford and Hyundai, North 4th Street, Sunbury, and Sunbury Motors Kia, routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf. too good at that, uh, but I maybe like that someday. You, you and I have our hands up as we're going We're swaying left and right. In you, sync. That's are you, you going to put your lighter up? <laughs> a Bic lighter. <laughs> you don't have any Bic lighters well, now anymore. Now use your cell phone, I understand. All right. Uh, yeah, so great call from Jeff McCausland. Interesting. And of course the geopolitical movement associated with it. So mm-hmm. India's not doing anything to help India, this? confusing. Confusing. Okay. Same Remember? with China? Well, no, China's feeding the Russians, uh, Arms and money and whatever uh, else, but the, the you know part of these sanctions it seems like uh, very confusing. I mean, sanctions on the Russians it's one third of their economy that we're going to sanction. Two thirds, most of the energy we're not, and those sanctions don't kick in till May June, end of May, early June, and this. I mean, I, I I I hope our president leads. I don't care if it's President X, President Y. Uh, Mrs. President, Mr. President, that that's fine by me. It's the United States President, but we we have optics problems. I mean, and, and NATO, you know, beware when somebody says unified, unified, unified. There's stuff going on with inside NATO, and it was the old Soviet. We talked to Jeff earlier in the call. Soviets blocks that are part of NATO that have drugged the other people in. And Germany Germany doesn't know whether to wind their watch or, or get into the bathroom because they are confused on what's going on there. They loaned them their tank, they said. Oh, thank you. <laughs> and, and But here's the other part, Mark, is that when you look at, again, our administration and our timing, and our timing was based on our U.S. Congress pushing the White House to do this. We have to do something, Mr. President, okay? We have to do something. And if these MiGs in Poland aren't the right planes, they're too old or whatever, okay. But if I'm Poland, I'm like, hey, 
I'll give these MiGs to the uh, Ukrainians, however we want to do it. Yeah, I'll take your F-16s. I'll take your... I mean, that'd be like you trading in your Ranger, and uh, all of a sudden, uh, yeah, I'll give my Ranger... Hey, hey, Roger, I'll give my Ranger to Kevin. He can do that. Yeah, give me that new F-150. So... You know, there there is a lot of pieces being moved around. It seems like some organizations are playing checkers. Some other organizations are playing chess. The United Nations, very interesting on that vote. But have you heard anything really coming out of the United Nations? A lot of resolutions. Uh, yeah, but I mean, you're, you're, you're seeing stuff. The EU, NATO. Uh, interesting times, but again, going back, uh, India and Turkey, I, I believe. And then also throw in this debacle that our current administration is doing with Iran makes no logical sense at all unless maybe a caller can call us and give us the logic on why an Iran deal is needed right now. All right, one 800 It's all about oil, energy, petroleum, <laughs> and the uh, global geopolitic that is uh, driven by uh, oil and drilling and mm. the movement of crude around the world. So mm-hmm. had a good yeah. conversations about that. Uh, when we come back after the CBS News today, we'll be talking about, uh, we can talk about this U.S. Supreme Court hearing related to Katanji Brown-Jackson. And uh, we'll also, of course, uh, we can talk about anything you wish to. It'll be an open phones. I want to tell you about the Sunbury Motor Company. It's a family-owned dealership since 1915. 4th Street, Sunbury, routes 11 and 15, Hummel's Wharf. They got the allocations from Detroit. They don't have a ton of vehicles <laughs> on the lot right now. They uh, had a dozen F-150s. They whittled it down to about six. Now I think there's about two there, and there's another truck on the way. Uh, but the reason that this is happening, and you don't see this at other dealers, is they got the allocations. So they got a chip in the line, on the assembly line in Dearborn, and these vehicles are coming to Sunbury. So if you're ready for a new vehicle, make sure you start that search at sunburymotors.com. They invite you to visit the Quick Lane on North 4th Street in Sunbury, where they specialize in all types of service on vehicles, state inspections, nitrogens for tire. They'll pump you up. They're open Monday through Friday, 6.30 a.m. to 6 p.m. and Saturday, 6.30 a.m. to 2 p.m. All your happy motoring starts at sunburymotors.com. This is News Radio 1070 WKOK Sunbury. News Radio 1070 WKOK presents On the Mark. It's a chance to voice your opinion on the events that affect life in the Susquehanna Valley. Call 1-800-795-9565 or email onthemark at wkok.com. Now, here are your hosts for On the Mark, Mark Lawrence and Ben Reichley. Greetings. Welcome on board. WKOK's live telephone talk show, On the Mark. I'm Mark Lawrence. Mr. Ben is directly across from me. He's a good local conservative, uh, Republican committee person, business person. And he's an American and a parent and, mm-hmm. let's see, what else? A voter, uh, a citizen, just, just a, a resident. Just a co-host for the next hour or next 55 minutes. and uh, You stayed at a I'm Holiday Inn last night? I have stayed in Holiday Inn Express, and I'm going to... We're working on that chicken soup. Uh, Kevin, oh, chick, chicken, chicken soup. soup. We have free-range chicken soup. Okay, yeah, I don't want... Yeah, it has yeah, to be yeah, organic. Free-range, free yes. Yeah, yeah, Kevin is not producing. Don't work He's supposed through, to be a producer. He needs to, he's supposed to get me my soup. Hey, when those athletes get injured and they have to play through it, mm-hmm. 
you're in that boat. You're you're working through you it. You got to work through it. Yeah, you that's know, that's the radio way. You know, it, I read my contract. That's not in my contract. No cooking. Uh, no heating up soup. Okay. All right. Organic, free range, Kevin. Right. Free range. It has to be real soup too. No microwave stuff. Okay. okay. We have a, we have real burners out there. Use them. Uh, Sunbury Motor Company, of course, sponsors us. They have a fleet of F-150s. The rumor was uh, Tom Mertz and Jeff Clock took two trailers out to Michigan, or I think Came Kentucky, back. and loaded them up and brought them back. So uh, Sunbury Motor Company doesn't only sell you off the lot. They go get them and put them on their lot. Right. Yeah, When m- one of my trucks, they said, was waiting in Dearborn on a railroad car waiting for a chip to go in it. So they had it sitting, and when it was finally ready, they went out and got it along with a bunch of other trucks so yeah, that they those, could get it Yeah, all those here. vehicles coming in that has those uh, 99-cent Middlesworth bags on the dashboard, uh, <laughs> Tell. Yeah, you can, you can get a good deal on this. This has been driven. All right, 1 800 795 9565 is our telephone number on the mark sponsor by the Sunbury Motor Company. Check them out at sunburymotors.com. Toll free line open. Call us 1 800 795 9565. You can email us at on the mark at wkok.com and text us at 70236. Include the keyword OTM if you send us a text. Uh, we do have some brief news headlines here. In just their third ever PIAA tournament, Northumberland Christian Girls Basketball Team won a state title yesterday. The Warriors defeated District 10 champion Kennedy Catholic 66-54 in the PIAA Class 1A championship game at the Giant Center in Hershey. It's the first PIAA championship in program history after joining the PIAA playoffs just three seasons ago. Nori Christian's Emily Garvin led the way with a sensational performance, we're told, finishing with 35 points, 12 rebounds, 8 assists, and 6 steals. Warriors finished the season uh, with a 27 Seven and three record. I'm sure she's on. Well, heck of a performance. She scored what sixty percent of her team's uh, <laughs> yep, points. But no, uh, congratulations to the young ladies. Good for her. Interesting. Uh Nickname, the Warriors. Right, I saw that. I thought, <laughs> well, whatever. Anyway, moving on. A Juniata County woman. Is but also, Mark, I'm sorry. That's okay. Uh, today, the Southern Columbia Tigers Today's are the playing day. for a championship down Hershey also. So, uh, yeah, girls rule. Wh- whatever's in the uh, water up at Southern Columbia, uh, boy, give well, me a couple Give me a couple gallons well. and let's get at some other schools here. But uh, Nori Christian girls, Buckner yeah, women. Christian. Yeah, no, excellent. Girls yeah. rule. Ooh, Gabby from Chicago. Gabby Braddock. Girl, uh, girl power, then, right? Right. Uh, let's see. We do. <laughs> here's here's a woman in trouble with the law. Just the opposite of what we're talking about. A Juniata County woman's charged with institutional sexual assault after engaging in sexual activity with an inmate at the Snyder County Prison. Crystal Yangst of Thompson Town was a food service employee at the prison. Uh, police discovered this when they listened to one of the phone calls with an inmate in the prison. As the state legislature considers legalization of adult recreational marijuana in Pennsylvania, at least one lawmaker is raising concerns about. DUI. They finally brought it up in Harrisburg yesterday. <laughs> the DUI alcohol, uh, they said, was the same as DUI marijuana. A correspondent, Mark Sims, reports. Senator Judy Ward says recent studies found vehicle crash rates increased in states which legalized adult recreational use of marijuana, including California, Colorado, Nevada, and Oregon. Driver simulator tests have uh, shown that drivers were high on marijuana react more slowly and have difficulty concentrating struggling with keeping their vehicle in the lane, making more errors when something goes wrong. Ward knows the nation as a whole has been experiencing increases in traffic accidents and fatalities in recent years and is concerned legalization of adult-use recreational marijuana in PA would make the roads less safe. 
Mark Sims, News Radio 1070 WKOK. A bigger story, Mark, than meets the eye. I've okay. been trying to sweep this behind the scenes for a long time. It's a, it's, it's a problem, a bigger problem in California and Washington and what well, you talked about, Colorado. DUI pot, you mean? Mm-hmm. DUI marijuana. Okay, well, we'll bring this up in a moment. Most of Pennsylvania and the Valley still have low spread of COVID-19. That's the word from the CDC and its update. Uh, community spread, they say, is at low levels in nearly all of the counties in uh, Pennsylvania. Good to hear. A P is reporting the White House has removed Dr. Oz, best known for his daytime TV show, The Dr. Oz Show, and former football star Herschel Walker from the President's Council on Sports, Nutrition, and Fitness as both men run for the U.S. Senate. Oz and Walker, both are Republicans, were appointed by President Joe Biden's predecessor, Donald Trump. Uh, Oz quickly went to social media to claim he was being canceled for political reasons. Quote, it's beyond sad that Joe Biden would politicize such an important issue like health. Uh, said in a video that he posted on uh, Twitter. And we talked about the Russia invasion. It has been one month since the invasion of Russia began, or the invasion of Ukraine began, and now Russian soldiers have had enough. One reportedly drove his tank over his commander. There's word the colonel was seriously wounded. The soldier reportedly said it was payback for all the Russian soldiers that are getting killed. On Thursday, President Biden travels uh, traveled to Brussels. You know that. And make some room. The U.S. government is preparing to welcome up to 100,000 Ukrainian refugees next year. So far, millions of people have fled the country since Russia invaded. And now some of Ukraine's neighbors are running out of room. President Biden flew to Brussels and said that 100,000 Ukrainians can come to the U.S. Are they going to have to go to Mexico first and come in? As long as they don't have a Spanish accent, you know, if they don't, they don't speak Spanish, then they'll be allowed in. That's the way we do things in the U.S. Any yeah. refugee is good as long and, as they don't. Uh, Week after week, day after day, week after week, month after month, we still don't report on what the travesties that are going on at our southern border. And comes up all the time on this show. Well, and then also too, how about the fentanyl deaths? Is it between ninety and a hundred thousand overdoses of fentanyl last year? So Ben, we are killing ourselves with uh, drugs and opium and uh, fentanyl, which is an opium derivative, Mm -hmm. or is what uh, artificial opium, I guess. And um, on the highways, too, our DUI deaths are up. It's funny that we start the conversation about legalized marijuana at a time when, when our uh, one thing, though, I will say, Mark, I believe... When our and, deaths are up on the highway. And correct me, please correct me if I'm wrong, but has the capital of Ukraine, proper pronunciation, is Kev? Kiev? <laughs> no, I don't think it is. Okay. Not, not Kiev anymore? Uh, well, I, I think so. I, I, actually, yeah, I, believe, so. I believe the Russian pronunciation, when it was a Russian city, was Kiev. Is there somebody talking in your headphones? <laughs> and and the pronunciation in Ukrainian is Kiev. Okay, so but I believe ninety percent of the journalists have gotten down to Kiev. Correct, correct, Kev. <laughs> yes. Yes. Okay. All right. One eight hundred seven nine five nine five six five. Yeah. President Biden says we can welcome a hundred thousand Ukrainians next year, so they'll just oh, have to uh, abide their time over there. Hey, if you want to get in this year, get to Mexico. Yeah, I was going to say next year though. I yeah. mean, get to Mexico. We'll take you this that year. That should be so helpful. <laughs> Hey, you know what? If you're escaping now, we'll put you in here in six to eight months. Yeah, don't you worry about a thing. Where, where do you go? Like Holiday Inn Express? Please register Democratic when the time comes. 1-800-795-9565. Email us at onthemarketwkok.com. Text us at 70236. Uh, Stan, what's on your mind today? 
So, you, so your special guest there at the beginning of the show had to throw in that Trump was a problem with NATO, right? That's what I heard. It's Trump's fault that things were a little bit of disarray at NATO. No, what Trump wanted was America first. The other countries that are members need to pay their agreed-to fair share, which they weren't doing. But that 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 was that was uh, talking bad about NATO. No, I don't think so. I think that's just you know well, putting think, putting them where they needed to be. Well, we We're got, not the. We got straightened out with them, though, Stan. I, I mean, basically, we said that. Hold it. The Trump administration pulled out. You know, NATO. You got to pay your full insurance policy. The, the general secretary of NATO thanked Donald Trump and the administration for doing that. NATO got more money. But what they're not—they're telling you NATO's unified, but they're unified because of the ex-Soviet states that are in NATO have made Germany, France, well, Germany still, but, but Britain and France and those people jump into. The wild card, though, is what the heck is Turkey going to do? They're a NATO member. So, uh, but no, yeah, he, he had that little bit, but that, that wasn't quite true. And, and all Donald Trump did was straighten out NATO. Hey. Pay your insurance policy, your, your home insurance policy, and uh, I don't know, you might have around here. People have number of insurance companies. Ice dams. Yeah, okay, and and then all of a sudden, uh, you know, if you're you're not paying your insurance policy, you're not going to get full coverage. Well, that same thing with okay. NATO. Go ahead, Stan. Now, the other big thing was yesterday in Brussels, Biden has uh, made arrangements to send uh, Europe more liquefied uh, natural gas. Amazing, isn't it? How Trump was saying that, what, three, four years ago to Germany? Don't buy your gas from Russia. You're try We're supposed to be defending against Russia, and you're going to buy all your energy from Russia. Wasn't Trump saying that? Now Biden's going to be lauded as the hero because he's getting them to buy more of our liquefied natural gas. Makes perfect well, sense German, to me. The well, he'll probably give credit to President Trump, I'm sure, yeah, about that. The German energy <laughs> policy has been a fiasco for, uh, what, 15 years. They went green, shut down their nuclear plants or coal-fired plants, went green, and it didn't work. And and then also, they went to Russia to buy that. And, and the Trump administration pointed this out. But it makes sense. Hold it. I'm in, I'm in an organization. I'm in you, Mark, and I, and 10 other people yep. in an organization. But... Mark has a service or product you need. I need it. So instead of buying from Mark, who's in our organization, we're going to go down here and buy from somebody who's not yeah, in our me. organization and is in another organization. Exactly. It makes no sense at all. And when you point that out, you get some people who just, uh, well, that's not true. Well, no, it is true. <laughs> and and, and Russia, true. Russia's economy is two-thirds energy. And uh, we're not even, the sanctions are not even taking effect on those two-thirds until into June. Now, with that natural gas, hasn't our fine president tried to put the brakes on drilling and exploring for more natural gas? I know the state of New York won't allow the gas companies to drill in their state because of environmental concerns. So we're going to liquefy our natural gas, and we're going to put it on a boat, and we're going to ship it to Europe. So what's that do for us? Oh, that's right. We're going to have to suffer because of these sanctions against Russia. That was another thing that came out of Biden's mouth yesterday. There will be food shortages because, he says, because of the sanctions. We're all going to suffer, not just the, the country that the sanctions are against, but everybody else. Makes perfect sense to me. How about you? I can't, uh, can't disagree with you there, but it is uh, – re remember – when the Biden administration came in, they were 
and if you can use this term, Mark, hell-bent on changing everything the <laughs> Trump administration did, and they stepped all over themselves, and I, the southern border is more than a fiasco. The southern border ranks with what's going on in Ukraine from the standpoint that it's in our country. So for us, we should be looking at shutting the southern border down. All right, I have to stop you there. We're not talking about the southern border on this program. <laughs> we're, <laughs> not, we're not permitted to discuss that, so uh, go back to Ukraine. Yeah, I know. The, the likes of Tom and them will... You, will, will you were saying about Ukraine, then. <laughs> but uh, no, it, it, it's... Uh, the, this is an excellent opportunity, though, for the Biden administration to get out of the country and go over and get some positive optics. However, when he talks about what the sanctions are supposed to do, deter, then they don't deter, then all his uh, lieutenants talk about deterrent, 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 then it comes out that, no, uh, sanctions don't deter. Well, then why did you do that? And the other part is, if they would have put sanctions in earlier, and so it says, well, that would have provoked Putin. Putin told you what he was going to do. He was waiting until after the Olympics. Why weren't we doing (laughs) stuff in October, November, December? And Zelensky is the one that has unified, and it's not Biden and the White House, it's the U.S. Congress that are going to the White House and saying, you got to do something. you got to do something. So they have a problem within the White House, and it's hard to make. I mean, this is almost getting to a weekend at Bernie's type of uh, presidency. All right, it's beyond that. Thank you so much, Stan. Now, all right, yep. Yep, have a great day. <laughs> Thanks, buddy. All right, 1-800-795-9565 is our telephone number. We're enjoying an open Friday. One of our listeners has a note that relates to the railroad crossing on at Winfield on Route yeah, 15. Very pertinent, very pertinent note. Another one asking that we send more humanitarian aid to Ukraine. We have recidivism of sexual offenders and the biological dictionary online of uh, female. We I'm going to ask Ben, what's the definition of a woman? So we're going to do that, but we'll take more comers. It's an open Friday, whatever you wish to discuss. 1-800-795-9565. We're talking about President Biden's policies in Ukraine right at this exact moment. Jeff McCausland helped uh, give us the uh, geopolitical glance at what was going on in Russia and in the Ukraine a moment ago. But uh, we'd love to hear from you. 1-800-795-9565. You can email us at onthemark at wkok.com and text us at 70236. There's something to be said about a sale with a handshake, a service technician who really knows what he's doing. They can explain it in English what the problem is. There's nothing better than having that friend you could trust in the area. That's Sunbury Motors, where you get selection, knowledgeable salespeople, and prices that fit your budget, and more important, that friend you can trust. Welcome to Sunbury Motors, Kia, Ford, and Hyundai. You could shop other dealers and compare prices, but at Sunbury Motors, you get their lowest price promise. They research the current used vehicle market and guarantee their used car prices are the lowest. If you find a lower price, Sunbury Motors will beat it. Three dealers all in one. See their full new and pre-owned inventory at sunburymotors.com. Pick out a vehicle you like and schedule your test drive online. Follow them on Facebook. Sunbury Motors Ford and Hyundai, North 4th Street, Sunbury, and Sunbury Motors Kia, routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf. Lady Liberty with her book of recipes and the finest one she's got. The 
going to have some Ukrainians uh, coming to the U.S. They might become U.S. citizens. You never know. What's that schoolhouse rock? Sounds playing? like it. Yeah. Conjunction Junction, Kevin. What's that function? Okay. 1-800-795-9565. Our telephone number. You can email us at onthemarket.com. i got a couple of emails uh, here. When uh, they come in, it's the most recent one that goes first. So one of our listeners says yes, but when the ship finally sinks, we'll be unified as we drown. Mm. I think okay. we're talking about uh, President Biden's leadership, perhaps. Mm. Uh, all right. When asked about sanctions yesterday, President Biden falsely claimed he never said they were meant as deterrence. If you are interested in having a link to the Washington Examiner with five instances of White House people saying uh, deterrent is exactly why those yeah, are he, underway. He was having a problem with that. And boy, I don't know how they backed that up today. I think they just forget. Okay. Uh, a uh, listener sends us a note, says the railroad crossing at Winfield on Route 15 is a hazardous situation that needs attention today, not mid to late summer. If the pavement comes apart at the rails, now a deadly accident could potentially take face place. Uh, going north, I see many drivers move into the far left turning lane to avoid that huge bump that's on Route 15 at Winfield. Uh, ridiculous. Ridiculous in this day and age that uh, they're not taking care of this right now. And as bad as it is, I believe five or six years ago, they redid that. Mm-hmm. That should have lasted 30 years. So, well, it's who, obviously not built it's for not this built. kind of I traffic. Mean, geogrids, geofabrics, put things underneath. There's technology today. I don't know if they can do it. Is go in underneath, pump concrete, bring it up. But uh, th- that's a debacle. And whoever was in charge five or six years ago, the engineering firms, the Termination. contractors. Well, you know, th- there should be a warranty on work. All right. There should uh, be a warranty on work. Uh, and PennDOT's always accepted. <clears throat> do your best and we'll pay for well, any damage. Well, get in there. I mean, a year ago, Mark, it was bad. Ha- last summer, they talked about it, as the right. emailer says yep. in here. Started like, last year. It is a safety hazard now. Get it fixed or get something there that allows people to slow down because, believe me, you could uh, lose a filling going over that. <laughs> Another listener says, NATO must immediately take action to provide humanitarian aid to the people of Ukraine. It's not only the responsibility of the U.S., it's the responsibility of all NATO nations. These people are starving. They need medical care. The people of Ukraine must not continue to die and suffer while nation, NATO nations, as well as all the world nations, stand up and debate. Uh, maybe we should help these troubled people. Let's get together and discuss the matter next month. NATO needs to send Russia well, where's, uh, a stronger Where's message. the U.N.? I thought the you end uh, justifies everything. All right, so, Dale, you're on the mark. Thanks for waiting a short time while we tried to clear some of the emails. Go right ahead. I think we're beyond time out for our intelligence agency. Our intelligence agency it, it destroyed everything. I mean, our whole go- our own people don't even trust our government. Now NATO don't even trust us. So they burned every bridge around the globe. Our intelligence agency. Now they're going to try to convince us that. NATO trusts us. I don't think they do. I mean, we burned every bridge. Intelligence agency destroyed everything. What bridges did we burn? I think Trump was more intelligent than all them guys put together, but I don't like Trump either. But I tell you, they couldn't sell them. You can't. NATO ain't buying nothing. China and Russia laughing at us. What bridges did we burn globally? Uh, we burned our own bridge. Which we burned our own people. What, specifically? There ain't no integrity and trust in this country at all from our government. What bridges okay? did we burn, though, specifically? Name one thing. 
the integrity of elections, integrity of everything. Everything. Well, I would agree with Mark, you to a point. Mark, 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 just relax, Mark, Mark. Sit back and take a look at this the picture. This picture's not good. Our intelligence agency just drove us off the cliff. All right, we got NATO you. does not trust us. All what right. are we going to do? Promise NATO that we're going to rig the election again? I mean, I don't understand what we have to offer. Well, I would no, say we, I know what we have to offer. We're going <laughs> to offer our food to NATO countries just to show, you know, to buy their trust. No. We're going to starve our own people. We fed Russia. Sure we we fed them. Russia back in what ninety two, ninety three when they were. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we have to take a look at this. We need to throw our intelligence aid out the window. Well, I would say when you have there's people. beyond a timeout. We can't even do a timeout with these jokers. Honestly, what's jokers? We the intelligence and CIA. Oh. They're, they're they destroyed everything. They did. I mean, all they're good at is is running the media and and controlling the mindless people. Well, well be, I don't know. Be, beware of the rank and file, and beware of the upper management. The upper management in the CIA, FBI, uh, National Intelligence Service, we've seen those. The Clappers, the Brennans, the Comeys, and we, we've seen what happens there. Yes, you're right. So, yeah, they're so jokers. Should, but, exactly but, yeah, but, what they are. But they're beware of the no rank and file, them. though. Beware of the rank and file people that are out there trying to do their job. This all started, I believe, back with uh, the, um, the wiry... Uh, sort of a half lunatic senator from uh, Idaho, Frank Church, the Church Commission, about what the CIA... You know what, to be honest with you, you have to have organizations like the CIA. It's stuff you just don't want to hear about because you have to have this in the real world. Because the other countries that are trying to destroy you... they have to understand that they burned a lot of bridges and and the trust and integrity is, is beyond trash. Well, uh, you have a, you do have a point there. How much it's more hard. do we have oh, we to gotta sell? Go. How much more do we have to sell? We're do done. We have to start paying for <laughs> Thank you, Paul. Or, thank you, Dale. Thank you for calling in. Uh, Paul, you are next. Go right ahead. Yes, uh, this matter of liquefied natural gas for uh, uh, Germany and European countries, we have to we have this huge re- uh, reserve of natural gas here in Pennsylvania. But we have to get it to the plants that can turn it into liquefied natural gas, and then they can load it on tankers to ship, which means that you've got to put pipelines under the Delaware River to get to North Jersey, to get to that port, and you, or else down to Philadelphia and get it so they can get to ships down there. So mm-hmm. all the environmentalists and so forth that are all happy that they've stopped various pipelines from being done, this has a a relationship to strategic defense of America. Okay, the other the other thing I would point out is, uh, uh, in a different subject, is that I would encourage everyone to look at uh, IRS.gov, find the instructions for the 1040. Look at page 109 where there's the pie charts for physical year 2020, and you'll find income to the United States government was 48 percent borrowing. To cover federal deficit, 25% was federal income taxes, 20% was retirement taxes, 4% was miscellaneous taxes, and 3% corporate income taxes. The government printing 48% of the money uh, has something to do with inflation. The value of the money has to be based on the economic activity of people in the United States. When the Federal Reserve is printing money that's not based on economic activity, just to stimulate, and you're you're talking 48% of the total income of the government, this is a problem. And 
uh, we've got to quit electing people that promise us all kinds of things. That, right. That's my comment. No more yeah. bread and circuses. It's not working yeah, out. Yeah, you can't monetize your debt uh, Thank you, continuously. Paul. Thanks and, for checking. And the in. other thing, Mark, I would say, yeah, we should get uh, we should get pipelines to the ports in Jersey and the ports in Philadelphia, Marcus Hook. But I'd like to see a pipeline into Massachusetts so American natural gas can be used by Americans Do in they a place called New England. Do they want that? People will pay less money. It'll be more efficient. Do they, Do want, they want that? It? There's environmentalists holding this up. This okay. this is the so new it way. Like they don't want it. Well, no, they Force want it. Force them to take it. They want it, but why would why wouldn't they want <laughs> you it? Got to take. They've it. been trying to put the pipeline in for years, I don't and know. the environmentalists Maybe keep throwing up roadblocks. Uh, let's well, see. One of our listeners sends us then, a note. Then, then pay your money. Pay your money at the high prices, and you're importing natural gas from Europe. Packer Street is closed in Sunbury from Edison to Third Street because of a transformer fire. So be aware of that. That note from Sunbury. Police, Bob, you're next up. Last caller before a quickie break. Go right ahead. Good morning. Um, this, this deal with uh, Biden offer natural compressed gas to the European countries, he's restricting our use, but he's going to give it to them. It, how does this affect the green program? If you release some of this, these restrictions he has here, we maybe have a little uh, better life here. And also, the other question I think is is this border. Where are these 100,000 people going to go and they come here, they get green cards, they get whatever, whatever. I worked 50 years of Social Security and a small retirement. These people, I'm sure, at the end of the year are farther ahead than I am with all the government subsidies. And I'm on the end of the conversation, I'm paying for it somewhere. I don't know where. Thank you. You're paying for it in the end, as mm-hmm. they say. Yes. And that's more than a metaphor. All right. Thank you so much, Bob. Appreciate that. Thanks but for Mark, calling. To your, to your point for New England, though, what is the carbon footprint of coming from Europe with natural gas and a pipeline from America. It's all ridiculous. Natural gas. The global energy, we can't just speak about it in just talking points. It's a huge issue, so let's bring it up. All right, we're going to talk uh, global energy when we return. We have an email that relates to President Biden, another one about recidivism of sexual offenders. A, what, we finally have a de- definition of woman, and mm. uh, somebody's encouraging us to buy Americans. Definition of uh, woman by Roy Orbison? Uh, don't know. All right, okay. maybe. 1-800-795-9565. What's your view? In what way is President Biden uh, doing well overseas in sort of his global view? I think Jeff McCausland said he sort of is globally respected. It's at the U.S. where, uh, of course, he's respected probably in the Ukraine topic. But um, if they're asking for money, I think they're going to give him respect. <laughs> right. So, But in the U.S., uh, not so much. All right. 1-800-795-9565. We'll be right back. Won't you pardon me, pretty woman? I couldn't help but see Ask and you shall receive yesterday, well, earlier this week, uh, Katanji Brown-Jackson was asked, what is a woman? And she declined to answer. Well, if a biologist were in the room, uh, they would have said this, woman equals female, an individual of the sex that conceives things and brings forth young, or in a wider sense, which has an ovary and produces ova. Uh, In science, a female plant produces the kind of reproduction that takes place for fruit after impregnation. Nation mm. from a pistillate plant, and a female is belonging to the sex which conceives and gives birth to young. But not all women conceive. So that is the definition of female. So that's very helpful. The but what's the definition of woman? Of woman? What, what do you say? Uh, I, my concern would be we have a Supreme Court justice that 
can't define woman, but is being nominated because she is a woman, right? Right. I mean, she got there because of her race and her gender, but she doesn't know how to define her gender. What's wrong with adult female? That's what Joe says. Adult female, that's all he says. Okay. So, uh, well, good luck. I mean, uh, What about transgender, is, though? Well, what are you, what are you transing from? What, what, at some point in science, there is something within the human race that gives you basically a male and a female, a man and a woman, and then there's some others that now you can, I mean, is there is there more than two in sense, or is there one and two, and then 1A, 2A? Well, scratch that. Okay, one I of mean, our listeners that, says, that that says you are right, Mark. Energy is a big issue, and the crew squatting in the White House now wants to destroy the free flow of energy in this country. Uh, another listener says, President Biden went overseas and again spouted out his Charlottesville lie about President Trump. Biden is a liar, and he lies on the world stage. Despicable. On the subject of recidivism, uh, one of our listeners yesterday said 90% of individuals who are sex offenders uh, recommit to this end. One of our listeners sends a note that says, the above link is for an article in Psychology Today from February 2019, cites a study of 20,000 sex offenders, which refutes the myth as sexual offenders have high rates of recidivism, as the last caller said yesterday. I've heard folks say the rate is 90%, but according to this article, it's closer to 12%. Unfortunately, in today's toxic and divisive political climate, using false statistics doesn't seem to matter much if it achieves the desired end of swaying the opinions of people for whom truth and science is an inconvenience. Well, hold on. You want want statistics that back each other up, but how many sources of those statistics? (laughs) So here you have somebody who was saying one regard, somebody saying another regard. Okay, now how about two other sources that back up which version of this? And also look at sample sizes and look who's doing the studies. 1-800-795-9565 is our telephone number. We're talking about a wide range of topic. We're doing kind of a wrap-up Friday. Tom, you're on the mark. Good morning. Uh, maybe Kamala Harris uh, can tell Judge Jackson what a female is or a woman. Uh, but uh, different note, it, it appears that, I don't know if you heard this morning, uh, one of the Russian tank drivers ran over his own commander purposely, uh, claiming that, uh, you know, that, that's for the guys who died in his unit and the, the other Russians. So their morale, if that's true, it, it, you could hear and see from all that's going on that it is getting worse and worse. And it appears that Biden, he's acting like the generals of, of Lincoln in the Civil War, that, you know, that, w- take advantage now of the, the opportunity that Ukraine is giving them by fighting so hard and pushing the Russians back to now end it. I mean, it, it's time to give him everything he wants, even if it takes for air cover, uh, and stop Putin before he uh, destroys even more. It just seems like they are cowardly. Uh, on a lighter note, uh, uh, Thinking of the Patriot movie, uh, apparently Russia announced or was uh, on their uh, network talking about the supply ship that was in the Black Sea, and uh, it reminded me of General Cornwallis's ships during the Patriot when uh, they bombed them right in the harbor, and apparently Ukraine had heard that and took care of that ship uh, rather quickly. I believe that was the French 
Navy coming in and bombing those. They finally appeared. And without the French, mm-hmm. we probably would not have the United States, so we do owe those, uh, those Thank folks. Thank you, Lafayette. At, at Tiffin, Lafayette. But on the other, your part about the morale, yes, because what they were sold was it was a training mission, supposedly, and then the, what they were sold is they were coming to Ukraine to help the Ukrainians fight the Nazis. Well, when they get there, they're not finding any Nazis. And But I will say this. Beware of giving Ukraine everything they want. I would say maybe a percentage would be give them 75% of what they want. So uh, you, you, you want to make sure that there is a controllable scenario in Ukraine. But the worst thing going on now is I understand the Biden administration is starting to push a, uh, a peace treaty or a, yeah. uh, a and with that would let Russia keep some of the territory. Well, what the yeah. Sam Hill does that do? I mean, that's, the, that's like Crimea. So why, why did they get Crimea? So now they invade this country. We're going to make a peace treaty, and we're going to give up property. Zelensky should, could look at him and say, no, the heck with that. We're, we're taking our yeah. country back. Remember, too, folks, Russia cannot have a functioning democracy on its doorstep. And if Ukraine gets it right, even though they are corrupt, Ukraine, are no, they're no saints. They are corrupt. They are a corrupt country. Zelensky got elected because of the part of that corruption. But if if they have a country on their doorstep, Russia, that is successful, those people go back and forth or they have relatives in Russia. They see that saying, this is what we want Russia to be. Well, that takes Putin and the communist, technically the communist Russians, power away. Understandable. It just appears that uh, his hesitancy, I don't know what his motives are, why, and uh, if even Europe, why aren't the NATO allies saying, let's do this, let's, let's, let's give them as much as they can take uh, to keep this, you know, pushback and end it? Tom, his motives are, he's talked about his motives, I think, in 08, 07 or 08. His motives is to put the puzzle back together of the Soviet Union or the Russian Empire. That's his motives. And for some I reason... I understand who, we'll, I'm talking Biden. I don't oh, understand well, Jay, his oh, good luck there. You know, <laughs> just, you know he's, just, he's just that weak. That's a plate of spaghetti. Uh, he starts on this end, and you don't know what's coming out on the other side. Putin's insane. That's all I have to say about it. Thank you so much, Tom. Thanks for calling in. I love that scene. <laughs> what happened? That's the scene in the Patriot where they blow up the ship in the harbor there, and uh, the one uh, the one woman goes, "Oh, fireworks! How lovely!" <laughs> mm. Well, Kevin, I, I would say this note to self: uh, visual scenes don't come across on the radio all that good. Well, sometimes. everybody's seen the. If you've seen the movie, <laughs> you knew it right away because it's one of the great. It's one of the great lines in the movie. It's well, I thought it was when Cor- when Cornwell's. Uh, I think the well, the many scenes, but Kevin, the scene I think is better is when he whistles for his dogs and his dogs run out of Cornwell's uh, office. One eight hundred seven nine five nine five six five is our telephone number. We're going to take a quickie break. When we come back, we got a caller coming in, but we'll take some last-minute calls this week. We've talked about energy, the Russian sanctions are imposed on Russia, the Russian invasion, recidivism, Route Fifteen. Uh, what is a woman? We still don't <laughs> know, but uh, we have some experts that aren't telling us. Jeff McCausland was on the line earlier, so call us now. Speedy dialers only. One eight hundred seven. 
1-800-795-9565. We also have one of our good listeners says, since we are not getting boots on the ground in Ukraine, we are cowards. We should go in there and take names and get World War Three started up. Oh, boy. What, well, hey, that's what our <laughs> caller said. It's a good idea. If, if you can't fight for peace, then what's worth fighting for? Well, I think we could send them boots. There's something to be said about a sale with a handshake, a service technician who really knows what he's doing. They can explain it in English what the problem is. There's nothing better than having that friend you could trust in the area. That's Sunbury Motors, where you get selection, knowledgeable salespeople, and prices that fit your budget, and more important, that friend you can trust. Welcome to Sunbury Motors, Kia, Ford, and Hyundai. You could chop other dealers and compare prices, but at Sunbury Motors, you get their lowest price promise. They research the current used vehicle market and guarantee their used car prices are the lowest. If you find a lower price, Sunbury Motors will beat it. Three dealers, all in one. See their full new and pre-owned inventory at sunburymotors.com. Pick out a vehicle you like and schedule your test drive online. Follow them on Facebook. Sunbury Motors Ford and Hyundai, North 4th Street, Sunbury, and Sunbury Motors Kia, routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf. Kevin told me last week it's Mary Blake or something like that. <laughs> Rebecca Black? Okay, I know it was a B word. <laughs> what year is this, Kevin? Like, Kevin, what that's is, from uh, 2011. Yeah. What is a woman? The young lady pictured on my screen, okay, maybe? She's a woman. That's <laughs> as far as you'll go. Al, you're on the mark. Go right ahead. Hmm. I'm not a biologist. Well, we li- thanks. Hey, we were list- you were listing uh, corrupt nations. Mm-hmm. United States has to be put on that list too, along with Ukraine and Russia. Well, you put the world, oh, you put yeah. the world they, on there. Well, the, your earlier caller said, you know, forty-seven percent of the money comes from the government. I mean, the government's just way too mm-hmm. large, and, and the size, just the size and the scope of our government, breeds corruption. Mm-hmm. Yeah, bureaucrats. They all go to Washington to become millionaires. Whether you're in the government or not, you get put on a committee. And or some place that they're going to pay you half a million dollars a year to sit here and sit here for your influence, and you know they hit the gold mine when they go down there. Well, some do, <clears throat> some do, some don't. On. And the longer you stay, but uh, so, some don't. Uh, but it uh, seems like most do. Uh, but the bureaucracy is uh, yeah. what creates well, on it. On the scope side of it, on the scope side of it, uh, they're trying to tell us to believe falsehoods. That a woman can be a man and a man can be a woman. That's offending to me. I I can't believe that. It, it's it's against everything I. Well, am. you don't have to believe it. Nobody's asking you to believe it. Is people are trying to live their well, they life. They are when they when they are when I have to accept a, a male going into my 15 year old granddaughter's uh, locker room. They're asking me to accept that. I can't. And and somebody of some time is going to say, I can't accept that, and they're, they're not going to just say it. They're going to have to do something about it. Well, they're having a and very, very, very hard time with the athletic side of it because the even liberal, progressive women who are in sports, 
don't know what to say. ESPN is ESPN's credibility That's one is part zero. Of the scope, and then what about the religious part? Well, the religious part, but just let's go to ESPN. You know, they're, they're supposed to be forefront of athletics, and they're promoting Title IX and all this stuff. And now there are absolutely zero comments on the stuff going on with the swimmer well, from Well, the Penn. lies are destroying everything. The well, it doesn't help the uh, women's sports. sports when... The lies, the, if they want us to believe lies, next thing they'll want us to believe absurdities. And then we will become absurd. And that's what's happening to this population. We're believing absurd things. And and if you start believing, don't believe in God, you're going to believe in absurd absurdity. Absurdities. What am I trying to say? Absurdities. Yeah, absurdities. <laughs> well, I, I would say there's okay. a term, too, I think it's observational facts. And when you look at the University of Penn swimmer and you look at the other females uh, in the competition, you can observe some factual information. So, uh, And then my brain is like a, like a computer, and I'm looking at that and it doesn't compute. What that, the hell is this man doing swimming with the women? It's, okay, it's just like the railroad crossing on 15 here. It doesn't compute. They just fixed it five years ago, and they have to fix it again. There's an observational fact that it wasn't done right. All right. Thank you so much, Al. Thanks for calling in. You're welcome. Right. Bye. 1-800-795-9565. Senator Gordner had a telephone town hall this week mm-hmm. and conducted an unscientific survey. Did you get invited to it? Among this. Uh, I did not. I not did, that I, but I couldn't get on it. But it was a not that I know very, very pertinent information, too. I saw this before it came out. So it's uh, very interesting, though. Yeah, one of our listeners sent us mm-hmm. along from Senator Gordner. It says, I held my latest telephone town hall last evening. And this uh, rove in our studios Thursday. So it was maybe Tuesday or Wednesday. Anyway, it says, I was very pleased to speak with so many residents in the 27th Senatorial District during the hour-long call. In all, we had 4,500 total participants with a peak of 1,900 at one time. We were able to talk about issues of importance, such as the tolling of bridges across the state, unemployment compensation, the state budget, election security, and other topics. On the topic of mail-in votings, uh, 22% of those who were on the call said we should continue to allow no-excuse mail-in voting. You sh- and 73% allow mail-in voting with specific approved excuses, and unsure were 6%. Yeah, those 22%, geez, what could go wrong with non-excuse mail-in voting? Well, we have, that's what we have now in Pennsylvania. Well, yeah, but again, so... Again, what can go wrong? We just saw what could go wrong. Well, you shouldn't have to have an excuse. But the bridge tolling is is another thing that's ridiculous. Stand by. Uh, On the topic of use of solar panels, 35% support the use of solar panel farms on farms in our area. 45% say solar panel farms should not be a major contributor to power generation and should be highly regulated and restricted. And 20% are unsure. On the topic of bridge tolling, 6%, this little sliver of people support the governor's plan to toll nine bridges across the state, including Interstate 80. I think that would be uh, we're out in Mifflinville area. Well, didn't right? they, that's what I was just going to ask. Didn't they talk about doing the Nescapec, the bridge yes. that's in the... Now, <clears throat> that's the exit between Cunningham and Mifflinville. Mm-hmm. Right. 93. And yeah. That is not a very large bridge. It is in bad shape. I will say that. 
but you're going to toll that bridge, but the bridge across the Susquehanna, which is like three times the size and just replaced, that one you're not going to toll? No. It doesn't have anything to do with the bridges or their location. It has everything to do with traffic volumes. Yes. That is the busiest Again, point on Interstate 80 in but, Pennsylvania. But, Mark, there is yes. one exit between mm. those two bridges. It's Mifflinville. That is not a heavily traveled exit. I know that but, area very well. The, I grew up in that area. Yeah, but the whole whole part of this is this, this is not going through the legislature. This is going through the governor's office, and I believe the P three uh, bridge group. This is this is ridiculous. Either we get rid of the state senators and the state reps, and let. King Wolf and, and the next governor be king again, because if you're not going to use those folks, and we might as well just have the Supreme Court and the governor run the show, what because they do now. What it, difference does it make that there's an exit there? Yeah, I was going to say. Kevin, you're saying that the, you're saying that the, the Nescapec Bridge. The ne- there, there's two bridges we're talking about here. Are you talking about the one over the Susquehanna, which I would no, not call no, the Nescapec no, Bridge? No, 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 it's not. This that is a bridge, bridge that's a, this is a bridge that's further to the to the east. You're right. It's in Luzerne okay. County. I think it's right. just a creek. I yeah, don't think it's the that's river. A, that's exactly my point. That bridge is more heavily traveled than the one that goes over the Susquehanna. That's about five miles ahead. Uh, yes. I don't buy it. You, okay. got, you guys are in the weeds no. on which bridge and what that. The bigger thing is this should not be going on at all. This was paid with interstate money. You cannot go back. And toll, we had what X seventy. Am I going to lose six percent of Pennsylvania or people that were on uh, um, Senator Gordoner's call said we should toll these bridges. Eighty-eight percent say they oppose tolling nine bridges. So what did Harrisburg do this week? They started to hold more hearings on the idea of tolling it, bridges. Yeah, so, so. It, but it's it, it's absurd to, to to think that they can do that. The problem is PennDOT is not run properly, not at the rank and file levels, but out of Harrisburg. PennDOT needs to be revisited. Our turnpike commissioners need to be revisited. The whole turnpike. We have very poor management and leadership in our infrastructure, highway bridge infrastructure right now. you, you got to explain to me the picking of these bridges. That, that just <laughs> seems arbitrary. Here, let's use this bridge because it needs to be repaired. We just did that one a few yeah, years ago, Kevin, so we're good uh, there. Kevin, it's like the NFL draft. You pick the, you pick the best sense. bridge to make the most money. Thank you, Kevin, for waiting. I'm not paying today. it. Okay, good. Hey, uh, shout out to Steve Jones. Did a great job. Uh, spoke Tuesday night for a group, and excellent, excellent. Steve Jones is a sports treasure. All right, thank you so much. Uh, Mr. Ben, I'd like you to say, this is WKOK Sunbury. This is WKOK Sunbury. Time for the Dan Patrick Show.